grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As we hear the word of God, it's always important to remember that there are two messages within the scriptures. We have the law and the gospel. Our readings today give us an excellent example of which each of those messages are, how to see them and interpret them and understand them, and how to understand them in light of one another. The law of God is what God, uh, our creator, our Lord, our judge, says that we, his people, his creation, must do. What we must do before him, because these things are loving and good, because these things are kind and gracious and merciful, these are the things that we must do. If we did them perfectly, we could stand before God in our own righteousness. The law not only tells us what is good and right and true, it also shows us how we have sinned. And so the gospel is also here in the scriptures, rich and vibrant and beautiful, and it speaks to us of Christ Jesus and him crucified. And by his death we are forgiven, and by his resurrection we have eternal life. The law and the gospel, both of them are absolutely critical to understand and to hold firmly and truthfully from the scriptures. If you lose one, then you lose the other. If you mix the two together, you lose them both. It is important to understand the law as the law should be and the gospel as the gospel should be. With that in mind, we look at our text. Hear what the prophet Isaiah says to those who were being fairly self-righteous and were thinking, hey, let's go have a fast. We'll stop eating some food for a while, we'll put uh, sackcloth on and dust on our heads, and we'll go and act holy. And yet while they were acting holy, still at the same time they were oppressing their workers and being cruel to them. They were seeking fights and being violent towards others. And their whole act of fasting in this way was just a sham, and God sees through shams, does he not? And they say, well, what good was our fast? Hey, I sat on the ground all day long with dust on my head and itchy clothes on. Of course, it may be in a bad mood. That's why I socked that guy. Right? Is that something God would be pleased with? God describes the fast that he desires. A time of repentance a time of hearing that he himself desires that we should be good to other people, kind to other people, fair to other people, not violent, not stealing, not cruel, but instead in his love, showing kindness, respect, and care to others. This is the kind of fast that God wanted. Listen to the difference. Is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness? to undo the straps of the yoke and let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. You got somebody who's trapped in wickedness. It might be you, it might be somebody else, and instead of walking around all bundled up like that, you set them free and you let God set you free. Turn away from the life of wickedness and instead embrace something where you recognize God is the true God and what he says is good because it's loving. Loving to him. Loving to neighbor. That's how Christ summarized the law. He goes on to say, Is it not to share your bread with the hungry 
and bring the homeless poor into your house. You got a sandwich? There's somebody who has no sandwich. Share half your sandwich with the guy. You see somebody naked. He doesn't have anything to wear. Help him find a coat. Notice how he says, when you see the naked to cover him, and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. In other words, the law of God teaches you to understand that when you see your neighbor walking down the street, whoever it might be, someone who seems like they've got their life all together, or someone who's laying there weeping on the ground naked and hungry, they are not just a stranger to you. They are your own flesh and blood because God has made us all one family. And if you have a relationship with him where you understand that you have been loved and forgiven, then if nothing else you have to understand that the God who made you and loves you also made that guy and that lady and he loves them too. And so to love them is to love your neighbor, is to love the one that God made too. This is the law. And notice what the law is not doing here. It's not saying to you, oh, you bad person, oh, look at you, oh, you're such a jerk. It's actually saying to you, God created you, and he created you so that you could love. He created you so that you could have compassion, so that you could be good to other people, so that when you interact with them, they would understand that there is a God in heaven who is good, because you have been good to them. This is what the law says to you. It says to you something beautiful. The kind of thing that you say, yes, Lord, that's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be that guy who loves like that. And then you stop to think and you realize all the times where you haven't been that guy. I have not loved my wife and my children, my husband and my neighbors. I haven't loved my co-workers and my classmates. I haven't been kind in that way to my fellow church members or to the folks out in my community. I have not been that person. I haven't been that guy. And you see, here's the thing that the law also says. This love that you want to show is not just optional. It's not the kind of thing that you could choose to give or not choose to give based on what you think. God is the God who judges. And he judges by the rule of love. And he is the one who defines what love is, what love looks like, what it means. Not us. Not our changing culture. God defines what love is. It's not up to us whether or not we love, for we were created to love. But we haven't. We haven't loved like we ought. And so we come to God and we say, Lord, you made me to be one who loves. And instead of being one who loves, I have loved myself and wanted everybody else to love me. I wanted everybody to serve me. I wanted everybody to take care of me. And instead of giving to them, I twisted things around so that everything would be about me. And there's nothing I could do to fix that. Because the people I should have helped, the people I should have loved, the people I should have served, they're gone. 
and I'll never have the chance to see them again, and I can't fix what I did wrong, and I can't mend what I broke. And even if I had the opportunity, it's not a strength within me, because if I were back in that same situation, I'd do the same thing. Because I'm weak. Your law is good, Lord. But I am not. That's, in the end, what the law gets you to. Now, if you want to hear the gospel, you take out that uh, verse card, right? Take a look at that. It says, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. If you want that to mean what that is supposed to mean, if you want that gospel to be what it's supposed to be for you, if you want that to be the amazing message that God has for you, you have to come to him and recognize that truth that the law says to you. God had told you to be good and you messed up and you aren't good. And if you cannot stand before God as one who is stripped naked of all your own self-righteousness so that he might clothe you in Christ, then this gospel is not going to make any sense to you. Just like St. Paul said in our reading, he said, the natural man comprehends nothing of the Spirit of God. If you're sitting here and you hear this message and it says to you that Jesus Christ and him crucified will wash you from your sins and cleanse you in his righteousness and give you the clothing of him, that white robe of forgiveness of sins. If you hear that and you're like, eh, 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 no big deal. Not that interested. I'm already dressed, you see. If you're dressed in your own righteousness you don't get just how wretched you are. This gospel is not going to mean anything to you. And you'll get up and you'll leave and you'll be like, eh, okay, that's fine. Got other things to think about. But if the law has done what the law does and it has shown you who you are and what you've been and you don't lie to yourself anymore but instead you stand there you let Christ Jesus come to you and strip off that self-righteousness and cleanse you with his blood and then dress you in his white robe of righteousness that we hear about in Revelation. And you walk forward as one cleansed by him. And if you understand the things that come from the Holy Spirit, then you will rejoice that God does this for you because you need it and you know that you need it. And there's no other way out of the mess that you're in except by his blood. That's why we know nothing except Christ Jesus and him crucified. Because there's nothing else that helps and nothing else that works. You can't fix it. I can't fix it. None of us can fix it except for Christ. Let him do what he does. Be who he is. Save you like only he can save. Because God has poured all of his love into Christ Jesus to come and save you because the love that he commanded of you, demanded of you in the law, you can't do. So he instead poured his love into Christ and Christ came and did all of the things that you ought to have done so that he might take what you have been and pay for it in his own flesh when he died for you. It's the only way. And the Holy Spirit 
comes to you through this word. He comes to you quietly through this word. And he wants you to listen to him. Think about it for a moment. The illustration that Paul uses, right? When you go about your day and you interact with someone, they see you, hear your words, but they can't sense your thoughts, right? And is it not possible to say something to somebody and yet be thinking something completely different in the back of your mind? And if that person could see into your mind and see and know what you were thinking, you might be a little bit embarrassed by that, right? Because you're saying one thing and thinking another. The spirit of a person understands what's going on in their own mind. And so they understand, you understand yourself much better than anyone else can understand you, correct? Makes sense, right? Well, the spirit of God understands the things of God. And so he comes to you today and he wants to tell you something. He wants to tell you that those sins that you know you've committed, the things that are in your head and in your heart, the things you regret, the things that you hate, the things that you wish had never happened and that you can't fix, that Christ comes to you and cleanses them, that God in all of his might and all of his power and all of his glory has been focused upon coming to you to cleanse you from those very things because he loves you. He wants you to be his own. You are precious to him. Come to me, all you who are laboring and are heavy laden. I will give you rest, says Christ. This is what God wants you to know. This is the thing that is dear to him wants you to know that so much. And you might say to him, but Lord, look what I've been. All those people that I should have loved, they deserved better for me, and I didn't give them close to what I should have. And God will say to you, yes, that's true. In fact, it's much worse than you know. You know only the tip of the iceberg. The Titanic knows better what you've really been because there's a lot under the water. Spirit says, I know all and I can cleanse all because that's what the gospel does. And so you know in the gospel that you are loved, cleansed and forgiven and the Spirit wants you to know that because it's the truth. That washing you had in your baptism, this feast you have here at the table, it is everything that God can give you packed into Christ Jesus washing you, feeding you, teaching you. He loves you. That's what he wants you to know. We know nothing except Christ Jesus and him crucified. That's it. That's all we've got. There is nothing else. There is no secret other than that. It's Christ and Christ alone beautiful thing is it works. There's nothing else that works. This works. This works so well. And so as we go about, we don't forget that God wants us to show love. When we act as those who are forgiven and share the love of Christ that we know through the Spirit, then guess what? Other people hear and they see the light of Christ and they glorify God who could give such life to people. 
this is the kind of path that God has for you. It is a beautiful path of forgiveness and love. Let's walk it together. Amen. May the peace of Christ that passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ to life everlasting.